Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. You were ordained as a priest in 1999. Right, but between those two Between 88 and 99, what so, were you doing? Uh, so 88, um, I'm a novice and I'm working in um, with the poor in, I was in Jamaica. Uh, with with the, Mother Teresa. The sisters, they were amazing. Okay, did they you were, you met Mother no, Teresa? No, 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 this was in Jamaica. This was her okay. sisters, the missionaries okay. of charity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, so what a jip. I know. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, you know, you do a lot of work with the poor, you do a lot of prayer, and then you take your vows in 1990 in Boston, and then philosophy in Chicago. When I was doing philosophy, I worked with street gang members, believe it or not. No. I know. I know. It was crazy. Wow. It was really crazy. Uh, And worked with homeless people. And then for two years, we have a a period called Regency, um, where you reign, um, where you uh, work full-time in a Jesuit ministry. And my ministry was I worked for two years in Kenya with refugees in Nairobi, which was great. Now you lived there for two I, years. Yeah. Where'd you live? In Nairobi, in in uh, a tent or a... no, no, no. Nairobi's a big town, so yeah. I lived in the Jesuit community. But we worked oh, in a, we yeah. worked in a slum, and I worked with. This was really interesting. I worked with refugees um, who had come from all over East Africa who settled in Nairobi with a group called the Jesuit Refugee Service. And get the, you'll love this. I helped them start small businesses. That's perfect. It was and you know what? You know what they say? God writes straight with crooked lines. And so all these things that I thought I'd never use, I helped women uh, start sewing cooperatives. We That's had, amazing. It was, it was great. And I'm really I'm really proud of that. Um, we had um, bakeries. We had carpentry shops. And then we started a shop, which is still running, called the Mikono Center, which is uh, after the Swahili word for hands, um, which marketed their handicrafts. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. It was. It was great. I you know, love that job. You uh, you said that that was your first, those two years were like the happiest of your life. Was, they were. I really, I mean, I, I you know, it was, it was fun and creative and funny. 
Right. Um, you know, the refugees were uh, often lighthearted and very hopeful. And, and that's why I'm a big advocate for refugees and migrants now, because I see what they're like and what they have to go through. Yeah, so are the um, the powers that be in our country. I know. Thank they're God. great. Yeah, they're so God. good. So that was two years. And uh, then I came back, worked for a year at America Magazine. Then I went to Theology in Boston, where I went to the Seder. Yes. Learned all about the Old Testament. Um and then I was ordained in 1999, and all my and all my friends came, which is oh, good. All my Jewish friends. I love friends. that. Yeah. I love that. Now you say that you gave up everything. You gave your parents thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You just got rid of everything, yeah. and it was the most freeing. Oh, totally. Like I, when I was reading that, I thought, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I'm burdened by my yeah, things. You don't need all your stuff. That's like George Carlin's thing about stuff, right? And all that. Um, yeah, it was very freeing. You take a vow of poverty and you rely completely on the community. So I don't really own. I mean, I, I own. I have you have a TV. Clothes. I have a TV in my room, but I, I can't go out and buy a TV without. I mean, I would have to ask permission and ask for money right. from my community. Do you have a good TV? It's all right. How big? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that big. No, that's like, not a good TV. No. But see, now that's what you see, can come over and watch that, TV at my place. See, now that's the vow of poverty. I could right not now. go to my spirit and say, I need a much bigger TV. Right. If it's broken, you know, they replace it. Like, um, what if you wanted to buy like noise canceling headphones? You would say to the superior, well, so you're given like a little stipend, a, a personalia, they call it. It's Latin for just like the personal stipend. And, you know, if it's within what your 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 stipend is, you can buy it. But, and, you know, you might say, I travel a lot and so I need noise canceling. Yeah, a car. Say, like, okay. No, you can never, never get a car. No. no, I mean the com- I live in a community. It's like a commune, basically. Okay, and there's a house car, so you sign it out. That kind of wow. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, like that's the kind of stuff. Like I can never run a car. Well, I don't know where I want a car, um, or a house or anything like that. And so, and all my royalties go to the Jesuits. Right. So everything. So that's a couple million dollars go to the Jesuits. That's for. amazing. Yeah. But it's very free. It is truly freeing. Because right. the, the, I don't have to worry about it. And other, you don't need a will. No, no. And, I you know, do. they, they, um, they, you know, they provide for me, too. That's the other thing. Right. So I'm but not. But you also love what you do. I like, do. it's like. Poverty is the least difficult vow. What's the, say. what's the most difficult? Oh, chastity. Vow. Oh, I, I bet. Mean, like, yeah. I mean, you know. Like, do, do they, do priests talk about that? Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah. Well, of course. It's like I mean, it's like married couples talk about you know their sex lives with right. one another, but yeah, but you know they all some of them do it on the side. Some of the priests, yeah, not the ones I know. I mean, I re- I read about them and I know that there's problems and stuff, but it's like married couples. It's right. like yes, are there some that aren't keeping their vows? Um, but yeah, yes, um, but you know, as a rule, no. And like you know, none of my friends are. So no, we take it pretty seriously. So we talk. Don't about, you whine? Do you whine and complain? Like uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's like you're lonely. It's, it's, I know. Don't you want to just lay in bed with someone yes, naked? Yes. But you know, I've chosen not to. There's uh, there's other ways of loving people, right? Of it's course. just a different way of. It's not saying it's better or worse, or, right? You know, sex is bad. It's just it's a different way of loving people. It's loving them, you know, like friends and uh-huh. and there and truly there are a lot of I don't want to say compensations because that sounds terrible. You know, you have you do have more time for friends. You just do because I don't have a, a partner or a wife right. or whatever. So, so that makes it uh, that makes it easier. But it is difficult. I, the, the joke is, you know, in the Jesuits, like, oh, he's leaving because he, you know, he couldn't uh, live the vows. Right. It's like, oh, which one? Uh, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's chastity. Uh, but poverty is very freeing. That I find very freeing. The only time I think it's difficult for me is I was talking to a friend of mine, like, <laughs> I. I have never flown business class. Oh, it's and, the best. I mean, it's and not so that good. so you kind of yeah. can't like, you know, I mean, I just can't ask for like, that. Like, what if you're a, a, like, you're like Rob Schlackman, you're six, seven, and you're, a, and you're a priest and you have to get on a plane oh, and man. sit and well, coach. Now, if you're a Jesuit, no, I mean, you know, you kind of suck it up basically. And part of it is identifying with the poor and, and trying to live. I can't identify with the poor. Yeah, on the, you can. Uh, yeah, not on the plane. <laughs> I have a plane. fake knee. I can't. I'm done. I'm done identifying with the poor. Do you have a comfort animal though? No. I had, I saw someone with. Um, They're cracking down on that, by the way. Yeah. I always wondered, here's my, this is like totally off topic. Right. What happens if you have an allergy? And you're sitting next to someone right. with a comfort allergy. Like, who, it's ridiculous. Who wins? Right. No, I saw someone with a duck the other day. On a no plane. way. Mm-hmm. A duck? Yeah, on a plane. 
you're lying. No, no. Like a duck with feet, with yeah, yellow feet yeah, and yeah, the yeah, beak yeah. and like a duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or at least I saw them. I saw the person with a duck waiting in the what do you call? Like was the, the duck in a cage? <laughs> the duck was like walk. No way. The person was like cuddling the duck. And then I saw an article about someone with a duck, coincidentally, just the other day in the Times. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. No, I know. But did the duck have a leash? No, it was like he was like holding it. Okay. I'm sorry. That's well, the other thing is, you know, I, I flew to the Holy Land. Um, ding. And across the aisle was a woman with a big dog. And I thought, well, no, fortunately, the dog was fine. Right. But I thought, what if I was allergic? On I know. This 11, I just got on a plane. On this 11-hour flight. Yeah. I had gone on a plane. It was a small plane to Cape Cod, to Provincetown. I, mm-hmm. I have a place there because it's in the rule book. And so this woman, older woman, brings her older dog on the – like the dog can't even walk up the stairs and shoves him. And I'm like, the poor dog. I know. Just like drive. I know. I know. What is the Pope like? Well, we talk every day. Uh, and he's really been bugging me with a lot of his texts. No. I, I met him once and right. I shook his hand. I have a lot of friends who are friends of his, but I only met him once and it was very brief. Like, is there a feeling you get when you're like near the Pope? I'll tell you a story. This is I've yeah. and I told you. Yeah, he's a Jesuit like me, which right. is the first Jesuit Pope, probably the last because um, right. he's shaking things up so much. I'll tell you a story. I was, I've never told this before. Um, I was very uh, focused on meeting him for a long time after he was elected in whatever it was, 2013, because, you know, I really wanted to meet him. And maybe he he'd give me some, I don't know, like like uh, advice or something or support. And so I was really focused on meeting him. And when I was over in Rome, once, I don't go that often, but I was over in Rome and I asked someone in the Jesuit headquarters, do you think I could meet him? And they said, well, you know, we don't really like to kind of like arrange that kind of stuff. But there's maybe you can go to his mass and then after his mass, you can meet him. Now, in my mind, I had all these stories of all my friends who work in Rome, a lot of Jesuit friends who work in Rome. Oh, my gosh, I met him and he said this and we laughed and there's like pictures on Facebook. Uh-huh. And, and then he told me, oh, my gosh, you're a Jesuit and ha, ha, ha. And oh, and they or he knew me. And so I was getting a little this is in, bad, a little too focused, as we say in the Jesuit, too attached to the idea of like, I need to meet the Pope. OK, right. so I go over there. They arrange for me to be at one of his masses in the morning, which is pretty uh Small, maybe like 40 or 50 people. Wow. Yeah. So so I'm there and, yeah. you know, he's terrific. And he gives this beautiful homily. My Italian's like, okay. But, you know, he's just, you know, very prayerful guy. And then there's a line to meet him. I've never told this story. So I'm – and everyone who goes up to him is like getting the – like the TLC. Like, oh, where are you from and all this and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I prepared this little uh, um, statement to him basically saying I'm a Jesuit from New York. <clears throat> and, um, you know, this is about five years ago. And uh, I just want to thank you for making me want to be a better Jesuit, you know, and you're very whatever I said to him, you're you're thank you for, for, for being such a good Jesuit, something like that. It was very short. So I go up to him and I could tell he was tired already. It's it's what early, were you at the end of the line? Very end of the line. Uh-huh. So it was early in the morning. He was tired. And I could tell you could just say, hey, Jews. Well, okay, he was he was very um, you could just tell he was kind of tired. So I go up to him and waiting for my big moment and I shake his hand. He's smiling and nodding. And I say in Spanish, which is my Spanish is not very good. You know, my name is James Martin. I blah, blah, blah. I work for I'm a Jesuit. I work for America magazine. Thank you for making me want to be a better Jesuit, a good priest and a good this. Oh, gracias. Reza por me, which means pray for me. And that was it. That's it. <laughs> and so I went away. Here's the point. I went away. And, you know, it was perfectly polite and everything. And um, I went away and I was sort of like, I've never told this story before, like kind of like, wow, that was kind of like not not particularly, you know, overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. or any, I didn't feel anything inside. I'm going back to the Jesuit community. I'll never forget this. And in the Jesuit community, which is quite big in Rome, there's a huge statue in the garden and it's a statue of Jesus. Uh-huh. And it says in Latin, under the statue, I am your salvation. And I realized it's about him. It's about Jesus. It's not about the Pope. Right. And I sat down at a table. It was breakfast by Jesus. that point. Yeah. Jesus. And I told this story to some Jesuits that I really respect. Mm-hmm. And they said the Pope would agree. Wow. And I mean, truly. Like, well, that, that is the message. And I, it was a great, it was a great mo- mo- moment for me to say, 
it's not about, about him. Yeah. I, I don't belong to the society of Pope Francis. Right. I belong to the society of Jesus. But it seems like all the other ones were like, like, oh, he's talking to me about me. Yeah, you know? and, and, right. And so it was it was really good. It was a good move. And then since then, I've heard from him, I can say that, um, you know, he supports the work I'm doing, the LGBT work, which is good, I love that, which is more important for me to know right. that he supports that other than getting like some funny story that I can put on Facebook. Right. Know? Right. I've never told that story before. I love that. I got a story that he's <laughs> never told anyone. But there's also, like, there's some hero worship in the church that's bad. Right. And, like, cult of personality. It's right. not about him. Right. No, I didn't join the, the Jesuits to sort of, like, be Pope Francis's best friend. Hey, everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but fast growing trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew. The space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. People don't know this. You're a member of the Labyrinth Theater Company. I'm a proud member. Yes. A bad member because I don't go to the meetings. Yeah, I helped out with a play um, called The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, um, directed by uh, Phil Hoffman um, and written by Stephen Adley Giergis, mm-hmm. Pulitzer Prize winning and uh, starring some friends of mine. And that was a lot of fun. And I sort of got involved in that, that theater theater world, and they invited me into their theater company. Isn't that the greatest? Fun. It was hysterical. They're like, Have you, you ever acted in anything? No, Just I, written. Except for uh, an unfairly forgotten performance in, in Bye Bye Birdie in the 1978 Plymouth White Marcy. Wow. Which was amazing. It was amazing. Was really? No, Who'd teasing. you play? I'm teasing. I was Hugo Peabody. Uh, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I wasn't amazing. Right. No, I, I didn't know anything about theater. Theater. In fact, at different points, and I put this, I wrote a book called uh, Jesuit Off-Broadway, and um, I'd, I would say things like, I mean, totally like a complete novice to all this. So when do your practices start? And they're like, yeah, they're called rehearsals. Rehearsals. I know. Elisa does that to me all the time. She goes, are you going to try out for that part? I go, it's not a tryout. I'm not, it's, it's called an audition. Okay. I'm not going on the cheerleading squad. So, but the great thing was the, the, the story, which is a great play, Stephen Geergis, uh, The Last Days of Judas Iscariot. It puts on trial Judas for the Judas, for right. the death of Jesus. Right. And has all these people that come on like St. Peter, um, Mother Teresa, Mary Magdalene, people like that. And um, I love ringing that bell. I know. It's the best. It is the best. And um, and so what I was there for was their theological consultant. And so I worked with uh, Stephen, Phil Hoffman of Happy Memory, um, Sam Rockwell, who played Judas. Oh, yeah. Um, great. Eric Bogosian. I, oh, I think, yeah. I think he's Jewish. Um, I, I think no, I don't think so. I'll look oh, no, you're, no, I'm sorry. He's not. He's, he has, he's Orthodox. He, he's Orthodox. He's, I take that back. 
He is Orthodox. So anyway, um, not Orthodox Jewish, Orthodox Christian. Right. Um, so the play came out in, I think, 2004, 2006, something like that. And I wrote a book about it. And uh, and then they invited me to join the company. So I'm a member of theater. That company. is so great. <laughs> oh, I am. I am definitely not an actor. I mean, okay. you know what I realized? And you probably know You this. could be a stand-up, though. Yeah, you probably know this. I What I found from act the, in, in the sort of entertainment world, they are so free. Right. And they will just get up and do something. Right. And in the Jesuits, it's much more kind of reserved. Right. And I found that fascinating. So when we were doing the um, the readings, the table readings, they would get up and just start being that character. And I, I think I'm a little too self-conscious. They're very unselfconscious, which I like. Yeah, and you have to get the guard, the yeah. guard, no guard. And they become friends, and I love them. And it was it was a fun it was a fun time. That's um, amazing. It was amazing, and the the play was great, and it was it was really good theology too. It's great you, talking to you, by the way. Oh, I love You're you. Such a good conversationalist. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Don't cry. <laughs> so you have you've done some radical sort. You have like in the Catholic Church some opinions and. Yeah. And you're very into the Catholic culture, the culture, Correct. which is probably why you love writing and mm. love the theater. Mm-hmm. But you've been such an advocate for the LGBTQ or STVWXYZ community, <laughs> like an unwavering. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, especially Thanks. during this pride, it's it's you are. It's every day is is another <laughs> it is something tweet it is, about well it's truly every day. Us. Sometimes I say to myself, "All right, because this is not my life's work," and I say, right. "I need to sort of you know I need to turn my attention to my book on prayer, which I'm working on." But there's always something you know. It's like the Godfather; they keep pulling me back in. There's always something that's going on that you know I feel the responsibility to kind of comment on. And I'll tell you, Judy, this was not something that I planned. Uh, the, you, you know the story. I. You know, the, after the Pulse uh, nightclub massacre in yep. 2016, I I was really disappointed. That's a sort of an understatement that the more Catholic bishops weren't, um, you know, expressing condolences as they do for every other. Right. Unfortunately, there's so many uh, mass shooting. And so I did a Facebook video. I was just I was angry, basically, on behalf of them. And um, uh, and that got like two million views. And then I was invited to give a talk at New Ways Ministry, which is a group that advocates for and ministers to LGBT Catholics. And I did. And that turned into the book and the book, uh, Building a Bridge. Um, I, I truly I say this and people laugh. I, I say you're going to laugh and they laugh anyway. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And so. Oh, my God. Well, because oh, it's, sorry. A, it's a pretty. That's all right. <laughs> it's a pretty. Um, <laughs> thank God. Um, it's a pretty mild book. I mean, it basically it doesn't challenge any church teaching. It's talking about being respectful, compassionate, and sensitive, and it just blew up. And I and so I didn't expect it, but um, you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine, and I, you, have you ever seen the movie Dead Man Walking? No. Yeah, it's with uh, Susan Sarandon. Yes. Yeah. So my my friend is Helen Prejean, who works for with the death penalty stuff, and um, and she often says like she didn't expect it either, and so. I feel like kind of God's hand is in this some way. I mean, I know God's hand is in this. And I've been drawn into this ministry, and, and that's okay. You know? Uh, do you it, get a lot of pushback? Oh, my gosh. And, and what, oh my do gosh. you— It's— I don't— Google, under- Google James Martin. Oh, I did. And, like, sodomite, homosexual, pansy, fag. It's just— It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, I, mean, oh, I it daily, hourly videos and protests— it's a small but vocal percentage of, of the church. But do you do you like um like Timothy Dolan? Mm-hmm. Who you're called, a friend. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, do you ever uh, do, I do ever, you ever discuss it or No, he's he's uh, he's he's been supportive. He's been kind of quietly supportive, which I appreciate, you know. And uh you know, I I'm very careful to do all these things within the church. So I got permission, you know, I take a valve of that's the other is the valve of obedience. So in order to get oh, the, I could never take that oh, vow. Yeah. So in order, but you know, right? Yeah. But in order to um, sort of work within the church, work within the Jesuits, I when the book came out, I first of all I got permission to accept the award. I got um, permission for the speech I gave. I got permission for the book. So it was all. And I think one of the things that infuriates people is that because it's not some renegade priest who's left the priesthood, who's like you know right. kind of do. It's someone from the inside of the church who's gotten permission who has all the right, who's like crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, and that infuriates some Catholics. And it also got endorsed by all these different bishops and cardinals. And so 
So here's the strange thing, and I this is funny. I've 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 I just realized this uh, recently. In the past, when I would think about uh, you know advocating for people, I would say, oh, you know, you got to do it no matter what. You, you know, you stand up and you go to the barricades, and it doesn't matter what anybody says. But I've realized, at least as a Jesuit, doing it from within, and for me, now this is not everybody's situation, and getting the permissions and uh, doing it with all the approval actually, in my case, has made my voice stronger because people can't people can't kind of take pot shots. I mean, right. you go to my if you go to my Jesuit provincial, the regional superior, and complain, they'll be like, "Yeah, I gave him permission." So if you go to the Vatican, it's so like, you're yeah. sort. I mean, so I'm doing it from within, which right, I think, and you're in it. An, an amazing messenger. Thanks. Well, I mean, Brian. the best. But why push back on <laughs> including people? And and also, I don't think it says anywhere in the Bible that, you know, hate gays, to hate gay people, to, you know, and this also the hating of Jews and the hating of, you know, of of people of color and immigrant. I mean, this is so anti-Christian. It is. And it's all fear. It's based on fear. And so there's homophobia, which, you know, obviously is literally fear of the, the, the homosexual person, the LGBTQ person. They're different. They're which, other. as you know, we all believe anyone who's so homophobic is well, gay. And we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, but then there's also homophobia in the, the sort of colloquial sense. They hate them. Um, and you know what they do? They couch it in. Now, I'm not challenging any church teaching on same sex marriage or anything. And so, but they still are opposing this message and they say, well, you know, you're, you're just sort of condoning sin. And I say, look, everybody's sinful. You know, why are you focusing on the LGBT person? And they say, which I detest this phrase, right. uh, hate the sin, love the sinner. Because, oh, I can't, I well, can't, I can't, well, I because, hate that You know why? Because so much. you don't say that about anybody else. Right. Like imagine saying that about, here, here's the example I always give. Okay. Let's say I'm invited to give a talk to college kids. Now, as we know, like 90% of college kids are having sex, which is also against church teaching, mm-hmm. right? I would never say in front of all these college kids, hi, you know, I'm going to hate your sin, but love you. People will be like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Why are you treating us like that? Right. Or Catholic uh, families who are using birth control, which is right. also against church teaching. I would never go to a Catholic family conference and say, you know, uh, you're all sinful. But right. You know, so so the LGBT person in the church is the only one who is looked at that way. And frankly, it's I I would say many people who say hate the sin and love the sinner. They just they just hate the person. It makes me it's no. Really, but I've heard comics so say it I like, know. you know, who I know have done, you know, anti LGBT stuff. And I'm like, what? how do you how are you friends with me? You know, hate the sin. And it's like you're a sinner. Like, or, look at you. But, and that's. That's the point. And and they don't see it. And, you know, truly, in terms of the most homophobic people, I'll tell you a story. Um, I I gave a talk at a parish and invited by some friends of mine. Uh, and the pastor was very nice. And, you know, 99. Look, I should say this. Ninety nine percent of the people, ninety nine percent of the people are fine and they're great and they're supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because more and more people have friends who are LGBT. Right. Brothers. And That's why I'm so into coming out. Yeah. And yeah. so so I give this talk and. As with most of the talks I give in parishes and colleges and stuff, um, there were a hundred people or so waiting for like book signing and stuff. Okay. At the end of the line, this always happens. There's one person, arms folded, Mm -hmm. waiting. They always wait till the end. So so they can have their time. Yes. So I'm signing all these books. Everybody's super, you know, my my son's gay, my dad's blah, blah, blah. And there's this woman, I'll never forget, she's wearing a red um, suit, very professional looking, not right. some crazy person. Did she have a red hat, baseball no, no, cap on? No. And she, yeah. no, and she comes her, up yeah. and she starts yelling at me. And I mean Screaming? Yelling, screaming at me. Um, Is sodomy a sin? Yes or no? And so, um, you know, we go back and forth and she's just screaming at and me. You're, you're and you're just calm. I'm just calm trying to be, because, you know, here's the problem. If you, if I in any way you know, kind of lash back at her because there's people like taking pictures. Oh, all yes, you know, I get it. Yes, me. yes. You know, I know that's going to show up. Um, so um, the next day um, I talked to my therapist. Aww. It's a kind of a Jewish thing to do, but she's not Jewish. Okay. And I said, because um, it was really uh, unnerving. I'd never been screaming outside like the subway or some crazy right. person really publicly just screamed at. 
And I said to my therapist, where does that come from? And she said, her. It was so freeing. She That's said, great. She said, something's going on inside of her. Right. Either it's her complicated sexuality, she has lesbian feelings, she mm-hmm. has a friend who's a lesbian, her brother's gay, her sister's right. lesbian, her mother's whatever. Right. It's her. And so once I realized that, and I see so many people online who are, a lot of the people who kind of criticize this ministry are officially ex-gays right. or former gays. You know, you don't have to be Sigmund Freud right. Right, to, to figure this stuff out. So it's fear. It's fear of change. Um, it's fear that, um, you know, somehow everything's going to change because of these terrible people being in our church. And, you know, it's yeah, it's like, you know, when we when gays got the right to marry, it's just in New York State, they had the most marriages in one day at mm-hmm. at town hall, at City Hall, at City Hall. Sorry. And I say that to people. I say. We got the right to marry and we went to city hall. We didn't go to any churches or synagogues or mosques or anywhere demanding that we could get. We just want the same rights to be able to visit someone in the ICU, to be able to not pay a, a federal inheritance tax that that we're treated equally. I you know, you're with your partner for 40 years. Why does you know, you know, Britney Spears can get married for nine hours, you well, know? You know? Well, yeah. And you know what I do? I even take it a, away from the marriage thing. And, and one of the things I've been doing recently is I, I did a retreat, believe it or not, um, a weekend retreat for LGBT Catholics and their families, which was amazing. For no me. Yeah, It was way. really amazing. And so, <gasps> and of course, there's so many, uh, mostly parents and their kids, their LGBT kids. Right. And I met a family. Uh, this is outside of Philadelphia. I met a family who I'd met before who have three LGBT kids. Wow. Out of how many? Out of three. Wow. And so and if um, you think it's not genetic, you're not born that way. Forget it. Yeah. Okay. So um, what I often say to people is, look, and this this is a for me, this is like the like the test case for people. I say, now, look, these kids, they're whatever, 13, 14, 15. They're not married. They're not having sex. They're in terms of like church teaching. They're fine. Okay, now, where is the place in church for them? And that's the challenge for people because they can't say, oh, you know, hate the sin. They're not doing anything. But even for that situation, people can't uh, fathom it. And I said to I said to one of the kids, very nice. um, I said, how do the people in your parish treat you? And this kid said, oh, some people don't talk to us anymore. What? Yeah. And so that that's that's the kind of. That's so unchristian. I'll say. And so uncatholic. The other thing is, look, Jesus, when Jesus was on the earth, right, amen, he reached out to people who felt like they were on the margins, right? Uh I mean, women, people who had uh, diseases, you know, lepers, uh, Roman centurions, uh, prostitutes. And so, I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, that's not a good analogy perfectly, but but LGBT Mm -hmm. people feel like they're on the margins in the church. And this is where we should be going. And that's why they leave, a lot of them. And all they want. All they want is to feel truly welcome in their own parishes. Right. It's their parish, too. I, and I often say— I And look say, at the outfits. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> I said to some—I said to one of them—one uh, of them. I said to an LGBT, LGBT person— I know. Just, it's too many. It's hard. We need to come up with a better Yeah, idea. I know. I can't with that. And, um, and I said, look, I understand—this is what I often tell LGBT Catholics. I do understand that people feel— distanced from the church and feel pushed away. I totally understand that. I don't understand why people say that I can't go anymore. But my attitude, you know, with these people is to say to them, you are Catholic. You're mm-hmm. baptized. You're just as Catholic as the Pope or as mm-hmm. me. Don't let people kick you out of your own church. Right. And But it's hard. It's just, you know, endless. You know, we just had a situation, um, you know, with all these people who are being fired to for being married. And we had a situation <gasps> just the other day in a Jesuit high school in Indianapolis where— the archbishop, um, you know, said the school is no longer Catholic, but the Jesuits did not fire the person and, wow. and kept the person. So it really is this big flashpoint right now in the church. It's also it's it's a it's a sort of emblem of the culture wars, you know, right. and people see it as kind of like the, the thin edge of the wedge. But it's just sad. So I'm just working for people who just, you know, want to feel at home in their own church. It's their church, too. Right. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, 
With Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. As far as abortion is concerned, which I know you're you're not. But the it, I and I'm just bringing this up as an example of separation of church and state. You know, I, I mean, there are things I believe in that I do because I'm a Jew um, and I was raised Jewish. And I feel I go into but I, 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 know. I mean, yeah. I go into synagogue and I do get I feel connected and emotional mm-hmm. and I hear the songs that, you know, my grandmother you know we mm-hmm. uh, it's just i feel mm-hmm. something why you know it's like the government uh, you're like all right here's an example marco rubio this morning write some script yeah, yeah write mm-hmm. some scripture on on his tweet twitter feed and i'm like Se- separation from you believe what you want like i grew up in the i grew up next to catholics and we loved each other my mother would give them mass cards you know they they were wonderful but that that was their private religion, you know. That's that, I don't understand this and the evangelicals. Like, you're okay with this president saying what he says, and you're like, you know, the moral majority. Like, I it doesn't make sense. Religion, no. Well, because religion has become so politicized, and, right? And I think people they um and they know, keep calling. I hear more and more. This is a Christian nation. This is a Christian nation, well, which is, I think, that's an appalling. And and I mean, what about everybody the, else? Right. And the anti-Semitism is mm. like through the roof. The anti, you know, Muslim. The racism. You know. Well, and it's funny because I I find that um, that the reaction to this ministry to this LGBT ministry mm-hmm. uh, now pluses and minuses. The pluses is that before Pope Francis, right. I don't think I would have been able to talk about this stuff right. because things are more open. The minuses are that I think it's okay to hate people again. Wow, and, that's fascinating. Oh, I really do. I mean, online, uh, anonymously, but I mean, really, right? Hate people, uh, vilify them, demonize yes, them because then, they don't because they're not doing it in person. Right. It's and, social media, and and but sometimes you know people come and they protest and they do it in right. person, and it's it's all about the other, right? right? And that's you know, and the, and the classic is truly the classic is the. Is the Jew. I mean, and it's the, the anti Semite. Yeah. I mean, as the other and, you know, portrayed. And I mean, I always point this out that, you know, the way that the Jewish person was portrayed in uh, Nazi Germany is like vermin. Right. Uh, the way that, uh, you know, in, in, in Rwanda, in terms of the genocide, it, and, and migrants are animals. And it's this kind of dehumanization of somebody. Right. And I think that's what people do to LGBT people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all perverts. I was watching a, a documentary about, um, uh, LGBT people in the military the other day on on PBS, which was fascinating. You just love PBS. I love yes, PBS. I know. I do and um, and you know, boy, I saw some of the. Um, I didn't. Re- I I should have realized this, but you know, in like the forties and fifties, you could be removed from government service yes. if you were found out to be gay. And the headlines, you know, that there was a great uh, uh, series. The headlines were like, you know, government finds perverts, and uh, I was like, so it's all it's all this dehumanization, and and it's a kind of. Um, it's a, it's a it's something I think you know Jesus comes to do just the opposite. He comes to tell us about our humanity, and I think that to to tell people that LGBT people are just like you is right. scary. It's scary for people because they don't want to. They don't want. Yeah, look but they love they love our music. They love mm-hmm. our clothing. They love our hair and makeup. They love you know our movies, and it's increasingly I, they do, but not everybody. Right, but I'm right. just saying if you love a movie and then you realize. Oh, this is made by Gabe. Do you then hate the movie because a lot of them do? Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I I've been surprised at how much how well people can hate, and you know, and that and that my joke is um, this is not original to me. Uh, among Catholics, see how they shove one another, right. right? Instead of see how they love one another, and it's it's astonishing to me um, the amount of um, truly hate mail I get, stuff online. It's ridiculous. Videos, heretic. I mean the the names, uh, heretic, sodom, right, right, Pansy, blah blah blah. It's, and and they and you know why they say that? This, I always explain this to people. They think they are prophets. Right. They are, we have to say this. And we've given them the soapbox. Yeah, hard as it is, we have yeah. to say this. But my novice director used to say, you know, and they and they're persecuting us, right? You know, and the, and my novice director used to say, you know, it's just because, um, you know, people are persecuting you and disagreeing with you doesn't mean you're a prophet. You might right. just be wrong. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. So it's 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 been a it's been 
difficult, but it's it's important to do. Okay. Now I have three more questions. Oh my gosh. I mean I could talk. I know I could talk, but I think someone gets a studio and I'm so pissed off. I am fascinated by confession. Oh, like let's fascinating. Talk about it. So you you've done conf- like <laughs> yes, of course. And there's On a both curtain. Sides. Right. Okay. So there's not, a curtain. Not always. But okay. Sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's just right. like this in a room this size. Okay. So <laughs> what do you want to know? I you first of all, I want to know like the worst confession. Can you tell that? Like uh, where you were like surprised, the most surprising confession. I, you know, you don't have too many like that because wow. Jenna, you know why? Because generally speaking, like murderers, they're right. not going. Right. Um, I've had some confessions in terms of like people cheating on their spouses, which right. have been pretty. And then you can't say anything. No, never. You can never say anything. And one of the reasons for that is, it's it's first of all, they're confessing to God, so it's it's secret. The other thing is, no one would ever come to you if there was any chance. Right. You were going to go thought. to the police, and and that is true. That is one thing that people. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff about priests and sex abuse yeah. and all that. People still do trust priests to keep things quiet. Right. And you rarely hear, if ever, anyone breaking the seal of the confessional. By the way, if you break the seal of the confession, you're excommunicated as a priest, which means wow. it's pretty severe. So, no, what do you want have to know? Have you ever had, like, a, a pedophile or anything like that? No, I have not. It's so awful, the pedophilia in well, the Well, let's Catholic. talk. Let's, yeah. I, but let's talk. I want to hear about confession. I'm just— Because, you know, Yom Kippur, we, mm-hmm. we fast and we really think about— what we want to change in ourselves sure. and everything we did, you know, and if we will be sealed in the book of mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And this idea to go to confession, you know, say, With the person's I, yeah, face to and, face. and I did this, I did this. Do the pe- people feel like exonerated like that? You know, well, you're forgiven. I mean, you're right. Forgiven when you but come then out. if you come back and do the same thing, <laughs> well, are you like, all no, right, come you're, on, you're seriously you're human. You're human, and when you come and do the same thing, now, okay, ten is, times they do the same thing. Then well, do one, you say, "Listen, fella. well, you're supposed to have what's called, which I think is a great. Uh, you're supposed to have a firm purpose of amendment, right? So you, now you can't. Well, okay, first of all, the thing about face to face, what it does is it it really it does force right. you to be honest and blunt. And hearing a word of forgiveness from a person is really powerful, right? So you can, you know, of course, God forgives us, but to hear, you know. The, the the absolution formula, which is right. very moving, the, uh, the 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 prayer is really powerful for people, and you can see that people cry; they burst into tears. Oh, of course, I'm yeah. sure, because it's um, like letting go. Yeah. Um. So, so there's that, and the okay. other thing is, um, people, uh, people need to identify these things very specifically, right. and they can't just say, "Oh, I was selfish." But but you know, if someone comes in and says, "Well, I'm I'm stealing, but I'm not going to change," right. you don't you really you really can't give that person right. absolution. Do you have like uh, I stole money from my mother, or I oh, took, everything? Oh, no way. The the most common sins are yes. Oh, I can't wait. Gossip, uh huh. Being mean, you know, right. like I was mean to someone. Uh, masturbation, right? People confess that cheating, right? Uh, 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 stealing stuff from work, right? They're they're kind of they're kind of everyday things. But then you, you know, once in a while you get like a, a big one or an unusual one. Um, be, and do you go to other priests? Oh, go? yeah, of course. I go to people in my house. Wow. <laughs> but I like confession because you feel really freed. Afterwards. Right, right. You really do. And you can feel, all right, God, and you know, you know that God forgives you, but to hear it, you know. Um, so are you going to confess <clears throat> about this podcast? No, we haven't done anything sinful. Now, what's interesting is people will say stuff and it's not sinful and you have right. to call them on it. So it's like, right. oh, well. I, I I was really lazy today. I got up at right. 12. And it's like, who and cares? Like, That's no. not a sin. Right. I had a woman once. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. I had a woman. Uh, we, we were doing confession services at uh, San Ignatius Loyola where I right. uh, helped celebrate mass. And um, this woman came in. She goes, hi, I'm an Episcopalian and I've never done this before. And I said, oh, well, what are you here for? And she goes, I just wanted to sort of see what the sacrament is like. And I said, uh, well, OK, I can't really give you absolution. Right. But we can go through it if you think it would be helpful. Yeah, I've never done it. She was all like, <laughs> yeah, like chirpy and everything. Right. And I said, so what do I do? And I said, well, all right, let's start with the prayer. And, you know, then we can right. talk about, you know, where you feel like you've been distanced from God. And- right. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of, I was kind of selfish and I was sort of greedy and I right. said, oh, well, like when? Right. And she's like, well, you know, like to different people and stuff. I was like, well, like who? Uh, oh, you, you want like, like details? details. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she was suddenly really, she realized what confession right. was. I was like, who were you selfish with? 
tell me the right. story. She was like, oh, and she real, and she was like, she didn't buy, she didn't sort of sign up for that. So that's part of it. You you have to get pretty specific. It can't just be like, oh, I'm mean, right? Huh? You have to do, you, have to be, yeah. you know, I'm in a real confession. Oh God, I'd be in there for. Well, sometimes you get people who haven't been for like thirty yeah. years. Oh. And then you'd spend a lot of you time. You know, gossip in the Jewish religion is the worst sin in the entire world. Pretty much everybody gossips. Yeah. And it's it's just you think of, you know what? Because I'm writing this book. One of the one of the biggest sins. Tell is, me the name of your book again. Uh, yes, I can say that. Fuck you if you can't take a joke. <laughs> so it, one of the biggest sins in the Jewish religion is, you know, making a false compliment. Like, really? yeah, like saying, oh, you look great, you know, really? and knowing that it's, you know, you know, and the worst is when you say something and you know, it's going to make the person feel bad. But one of them is full. And I'm like, really? There's so many Jews in show business like that can't be such a big sin. But it is. Like, everybody like, does that. Yeah. Like, oh, like when you know. It's, oh, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, oh nice. nice shirt. Nice shirt. Oh, hey, can it target, you know. So yeah, confession. Feel free to feel free to go. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Plus, you um, can, you're all you're all you're all you're sin free when you leave. I gotta do that. Mm-hmm. Feel mm-hmm. free. I do it all the time. Anyway. Um. Oh, I have to ask you this other thing. Even though we only have three more minutes, I am so sick of people telling me the Jews killed Christ and I'm a horrible person. You should and, be but, sick of that. What is that crap? It's like, and I've been listening to that since I'm in school and in, in grammar school. Give it right back to them. The only person who had the authority to kill Jesus was Pontius Pilate. Period. Okay. That's the answer. I'm just going to say Punch's Pilot. Yeah, Punch's Pilot, who was not Jewish. Punch's Pilot, not Jewish. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. That's it. No That's bell. It. No bell for no. Punch's Pilot, okay? Oh, I screamed. Sorry. All right. So we're very pro-mental. We, you know, we're very pro-mental health. Um, and I advocate any kind of anything you can do to, you know. Me too. Um, meditation. I meditate, yep. I work out and I take antidepressants. So we always ask if, and I know the answer, but if you've ever taken an antidepressant. Oh, an antidepressant. So like yeah. Valium or. That would be that one. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. What? Why not? I love you. Yeah, why not? That's great. I mean, not all the time, but. Right. But no, that you, mm-hmm. you know, cause yeah, we want people. Everybody with, needs a little help. Yeah. And I see a therapist. Yeah. I, I gotta, think, get, I gotta go back to therapy. I think there's three things I always want to help people deal with that. A spiritual director, which talks right. about your spiritual life, a therapist and a massage therapist. Yes, I have. I a mean, mis- I just think yeah. those things are kind of helpful for people just to, you know, be healthy. When you go to massage therapy, are they like, oh, father, um, no, you they, can. <laughs> no, they know me now. Oh, all so, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, my collar on, right? Yeah. I have to leave my collar on for the. All right. So. I, you know, the podcast is called Kill Me Now because I literally get up every day and I'm like, oh, I can't Kill me now. It. Yeah. What pisses you off more than anything? Like, what makes you so angry? I don't know if you're allowed to be angry, but oh, like, angry. yeah. Uh, people who are mean. Yeah. That really infuriates me, honestly. Uh, people who are mean, uh, not only online, but in person. And I see it, it drives me crazy. Like, the, just, the president is so mean, Pocahontas. You, that, know, like, you know what? That, that's, that, that part of his personality really drives me insane. And it's people just, are mean now. You see how okay, the power. It's okay to yeah. hate people. Right. No, and it's just, it's just, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of bullies in high school. Exactly. And it's just. It's, and that's exactly what he is. And it is the uh, that, lowest common that, denominator. That, that part of his world, um, his way of being is totally any Christian. I mean, you know, Jesus is the ultimate victim. It's anti Jewy, too. His, yeah. So it's, and it's anti person. Yeah. So, yeah, mean people yeah. piss me off. I, I am so with you. And I Good. feel like everyone's mean. Except you and me. Right. Exactly. We're perfect. <laughs> um, you're wonderful. No, you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Will you come back? I'd love to come back. We have so much more to talk about. I know. About. We didn't talk nearly as much about Jewish things. I know. And I wanted to go over that with you mm-hmm. because- You wanted to quiz me. No, I wanted to, t- <laughs> like my feelings about being Jewish and, you know, I have I'd such a strong Jewish identity and it's, you know- and my mother loved being a Jew, and I just loved so did Jesus. Being, yeah, yeah. Pontius Pilate. I'm, I can't wait to say that. That's it. I'm That's so, your answer. Okay, because I'm done. But yeah, and just the Jews and the Catholics like meshing together. I mean, we have these. Our religions are so thousands of years old. 
Yeah, and I mean, Jesus was Jewish. Right. So was Mary and Joseph. I know. I don't understand why they hate him. Why do they hate us? Well, a lot of it does come from that, a lot of it from the Gospel of John, that, uh-huh. you know, the Jews killed Jesus. Right. And, you know, it was an easy excuse. Right. We are always blamed for everything. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to get better in this country? With Jewish people? With what's going on, the oh, feeling, the, the— You mean just all the hatred? Yeah, and oh. the, 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 the migrants. Truly. Well, I um, think it's getting worse. I know. Is there any hope? There's always hope. And I mean, you know, Jesus—I believe, you know, Jesus rose from the dead, and right. that shows that, you know, hope is always there, and right. love always triumphs. And I think people are—I mean, this is, sounds just—I know we're on a funny show, but right. I mean, truly, to quote Anne Frank, you know, people are um, fundamentally good. Right. People are really good. But I also yeah, think that, uh-huh. you know, when you unleash this um, this hatred, it's really appealing to people. Right. And there's a lot of people that—one of the reasons I like um, Pete Buttigieg uh-huh. um, is, you know, he recognizes that there's a lot of pain. Right. You know, in middle America and among, you know, poor white people. Right. But it's to whip it up into kind of hatred is just, it really is anti-Christian. Yeah. So. I'm sick of it. I am too. Uh, I think that's one of the benefits, like, you know, both of us have a social media Right. Uh, and we can. It's good to be able to kind of get it out there and say, you know what I do? Every time there's something hateful, which happened today against migrants and refugees, like right. 250 kids. That yes. Were, I just quote the one verse from the Gospels. Uh, Jesus said, I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Right. I mean, it's like Oh, remind, I saw you did that like this morning. Remind people. Yeah. Like, this is completely unchristian. Yes. And and disgusting yeah. and inhumane. Inhumane. Right. Beyond Christianity. Right. It's just, it's just not human. I adore you. Thank you. I, I, you too. I think you are one you know, of the greatest people. Thank you. That's really sweet. Thank you. It's true. I feel the same. Aww. Toda. Raba. <laughs> Um, I can't wait for you to come back. Can we have dinner or something? I'll pay. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have to ask if I can pay for dinner? No, you can do that. All right. Okay. Thank you. But you don't drink? No. But you can drink. Can I get wasted? (laughs) And be like, Father, let me tell you something. It'll be the first time. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. Feel free. Um, Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all your love and support. We cannot thank you enough. It does not go unnoticed. Uh, and thank you all for listening to this very special episode of Kill Me Now. And as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.